draws the crowd who plays the loud baby it's the guitar man who's gonna steal the show you know baby it's the guitar man he can make you love he can make you cry he will bring you down he'll get you high something keeps him going miles and miles a day to find another place to play night after night who treats you right baby it's the guitar man who's on the radio you go listen to the guitar man when he comes to town and you see his face and you think like to take his place Something keeps him drifting Miles and miles away Searching for the songs to play You know, here at Life from the Dutch Hall What started as a one-man show Just the mad ramblings of a single guy in his back shed has now blossomed into the greatest podcast in the history of the universe, really, in my humble opinion. You know, and what's made it great is the cast of characters that have come together, the listeners have come to, uh, to form a relationship with, to really get to know week after week, you know? My four trusted sidekicks on Live from the Dutch Hall, my Hello. beloved four, you know? And this week, due to scheduling conflicts, I was forced to choose between my four children. Who would it be? Would it be the savior and the, and the band leader? Would it be the bartender and the rooster? Would it be the rooster and the savior? Would it be the bartender and the band leader? What a conundrum. Yeah, it's difficult. But you know what, I dug deep. And I really, uh, what it comes down to this. My bartender doesn't make me any drinks and my goddamn band leader needed a break. So tonight, whoa, whoa, this just in. Hitler's got a small penis. Let's get on with the show. everybody to another edition of live from the dutch hall hot, hot crowd. crowd hot crowd as always you know, it, you know sometimes when i hire uh no i would like you to play guitar that's how it works you don't show up to every show you forget that's why we have a savior here it teaches you what is what the, what's the job you play the song like then the theme song then back into this thing right that's how it works so this is the welcome live from the dutch hall after my friggin' man that writes the music. Why would I pick you? Out of all the four, I picked you. But you wish you could have that decision back. Ladies and gentlemen, this is one of the emptiest houses we've had in the Dutch Hall in a long time, but I am happy to have two members of Nocturnal Emissions here to join me today. On lead guitar, I have the savior of the band, Steve the Reluctant German is here, everybody. Let's hear it good for Steve. Steven! Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Yes. And right beside him... He's one of my oldest and dearest friends, the man that writes the music for the show, the rooster, the uh, old ham bone, the filthy Pollock. Dave Charters is here. Let's hear it for Dave. And as always, I am your host, two-time President Club Award winner, uh, Pete Van Dyke. Pete Van Dyke. Oh, that was sad. It's a sad, sad, sad audience. 
and then the music ends and the show begins. Okay, right. Thanks. I need cue cards or yeah. something. Uh, it's a formula we're getting. It, it like lulls people. It's like a nice warm blanket for the audience when they can know the show starts a certain way. There's a nice song sung by Nocturnal Emissions, you know, and then there's a theme song. Everybody kind of gets themselves ready for the hour ahead of them, which is going to be a blast, right? <laughs> then, uh, then all of a sudden you play the music in while you introduce the band, which is generally more impressive than used to. This is the, <laughs> it has been fairly impressive. This is like a uh, the, the Nocturnal Missions Unplugged version, it seems. It is. We're, we're stripped down today. Yeah. You know what it is, right? What is it? It's my new guitar. Yes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it should be mentioned there is a new member of the Nocturnal Emissions, and it's a nice burgundy beauty sitting on Steve's lap. What is that, Steve? Explain to the people at home what, you, what your nice new addition to your family is. Uh, it is this uh, folk-sized Tanglewood guitar. Uh, it's got a built-in pickup. It's got a cutaway, and uh, it is, in fact, burgundy. And, and you know what? Uh, uh, Tanglewood guitars, they're um, British, right? That is correct. And you said this is one of the greatest, most popular British guitars Made in China. That's right. Did I steal your punchline? That's right. It's all right. I gave it to you yeah, this morning. Yeah. <laughs> it is truly made in China, right? It truly is uh, deliciously handcrafted yes, in yes. China. It's like saying if you had the idea to do something and made the Chinese do it for you, it's then your your thing. Like if I if I come up with a great invention, you know, I make uh, let's just say hockey. Let's not even say a great invention. I'll make hockey sticks. Sure. Right. I'm gonna make the next great hockey stick. But then I send it to China to get it made because it's where it's cheapest. That's right. And maybe they make it with Canadian lumber that we send there for them to make the <laughs> make the sticks. But then it can be called a Canadian hockey stick because I, I, as a Canadian company, told the Chinese to make it for me. That's right. That's what it is? I think so. I think this world is messed up. <laughs> Don't you think? Seems yeah, to we'll, make just, a, we'll just send our hard-earned lumber over there. Don't do anything with it ourselves. No. no. Just cut it down and ship it out. Right. And then it comes back as that burgundy, beautiful thing that they sell in the UK. It is nice. <laughs> That's right. Hey, have you have you guys uh, ever considered the idea of making a guitar? Hmm. Is that ever crossed either of your minds? Not seriously. That there's too much craftsmanship involved for me. I'm too sloppy. You know. The, the, really, you? Everything's so precise. With wood, like I'm not a woodworker, right? It would take me oh, right. a long time to learn how to be that precise with wood. <laughs> but would you say that uh would you say that your guitar like the way you play guitar you kind of are more of a precise player wouldn't you say that's right and it's ta- <laughs> that's right <laughs> it's taken years of uh like practicing and beating myself up right you do beat yourself up where yeah. other i've seen other guitar players would be more forgiving of themselves like steve for example right you understand every once in a while if you, usually lead guitar guys or or you're more like a jam band guy i guess so would you say sure because you will take the music, and if you miss something, you're not gonna. It's not gonna slow you down. You know what I mean? That's right. I try to, uh, you know, make up for the mistake with the next note. Where Charters is very like, uh, like, uh, very technical. Like he's he 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 thinks of every single step with precision. You know, he gets upset. I, I have it, to break down every note. Steve can lead over anything, and and the three leads that I know, I've I've practiced note for note like a thousand times to get it close enough. Right. Where I, you know where I can handle listening to it. And then Mike's got a different style altogether as well, That's which right. is why I think the Nocturnal Missions work so well together. It's genius. And I hear man. you got another gig booked. You got another gig to plug? Yeah, we do. Um, I, David's called the band leader. Um, David's from Port Dover, the Double Olive, called the band leader last week and uh, booked us in for March 12th. So we'll be upstairs at, at David's in the Double Olive Martini Lounge. Uh, a, return, a return engagement for Nocturnal Missions, yeah. right? At a, at a fancy sorts. place. Well, super fancy. You know, your name is um, Nocturnal Emissions, <laughs> the name of your band, right? Yeah. And you get to go to a fancy place full of blue hairs in the basement. Oh, yeah. That's right. And go up there and, uh, and well, you sing, but you don't sing filthy songs. I'm trying to get you to sing more of them, right? <laughs> but uh, but you don't sing filthy songs, but you guys are, are involved with a, a filthy program and... Your name is Nocturnal Emissions, right? That's right. It makes me smile when I go on their website. If you, uh, Probably if you go there now and look up their events calendar and go to March 12th, you'll yeah. see Nocturnal Emissions right on their website. <laughs> yeah. Head, head down. Makes me smile. Uh, you know, Friday yeah. evening for some Nocturnal Emissions. Oh, yeah. You know, we got a Saturday this time. A Saturday. Yeah. Last time was a Friday, you know, free hors d'oeuvres or half price hors d'oeuvres or whatever they do, but this no, time's no. a Saturday. Now they want full price. Deal. Oh, yeah. You're in the big room. Oh, they're, not gonna, they're coming to see you now, eh? That's well, right. you made them a lot of money last time. 
I think we did okay. It was a pretty busy night. It was busy. Drinks yeah. were flowing. Oh, man. I never saw such a collection of drunks. That's what gives us hope for our tour. That's what gives me hope for my our tour that's coming up. There was a party bus that showed up, too. There was like a bachelorette that showed up. Oh, yeah, yeah. That always, that's always good for music and bad for comedy. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? <laughs> it's okay. I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't mind, I guess, bachelorettes, but they just, they just, it's just they're so inner-focused on a day that's all about them. <laughs> that when they go to like a show, like a comedy show, uh, unless you're talking about them the whole time, they would yeah, lose okay. interest, right? It, it, it's better to run into them at the bar at like one thirty yeah. in the yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Music's different too because they can be all still whoring it up and partying, and it doesn't. It, you're happy when you're, <laughs> you know, when you're playing music, you yeah. know, because you're like, oh look, I'm making these girls act all uh, hoary and stuff. It's like fun, right? Yeah. To watch that as a spectator. <laughs> right? Oh yeah, or from the stage. Right. so i i the other i wanted to say uh charters uh tarch told me a story steve you weren't here for it charters uh you know it's lent it's lenten season charge you're a staunch catholic that's great eh? that's right so uh, you decided you know you're not going to kill yourself this year many people were asking you know you're not going to starve yourself like you did in previous years the um raw food diet and just water no that was too much last year so with this what you've tried to do is become a better person right is it through Lent? Yeah, that's right. Hmm. And you said that you you uh, did an act of charitable kindness this week, right? I did. Do you want to hear about it? Yes, I would. I thank you to share it with the audience. Just last night, I went for groceries after swimming lessons, mm-hmm. spending some quality time with my kids. And uh, we came over with our groceries, and there was a homeless guy sitting outside of the of the door at Zares with his dog. How homeless? Um, like how, was he dirty? He, he, dirty clothing dirty shoes and dirty teeth and what few teeth he had were pretty dirty how about his hair hair was like disheveled he was wearing a sort of a hat but it was like a like an old trucker hat but like, oh yeah hair, hair coming out the yeah, end like, hadn't hair. had a haircut in a while hadn't shaved you know yeah real homeless not not faking it that's right real homeless not going home to watch uh game of thrones on hbo or something i don't think so no, no. And just just, just wash and watch no, this is a real homeless guy yeah and when i walked out he, what he said to me was uh any chance you could help me get some bread and butter? Right. That's what he asked for. Hmm. So I, I said, just a minute. I went to the van. I had the kids pack the van up with the groceries, and I went back in with my uh, daughter, and I brought this homeless guy right into the store with me, right. which got a lot of looks, by the way, from the people in the store, you know? All right. They um, think you were dating, probably. Yeah, probably. Who's <laughs> this new guy? Did he bring Charters. the dog? <laughs> no, he tied the dog up outside. He had a dog, too? He had a dog. Just tied it to the bench, left his backpack outside. I was like, aren't you worried somebody's going to steal that? <laughs> but he wasn't. You and know what I, would be a better pet for a homeless guy is a cat? Because a cat's going to kill its own food. A dog ain't going to kill its own food. And if it does, they're going to take the dog away from you. Yeah, he's right. going to have to feed the dog, right? And right. himself. Dog's a dumb move for a homeless guy, but I don't think he makes the best decisions. Is that probably fair, too? It's possible. I didn't. I didn't talk to him about right. like how he got to where he was or anything. But did he uh, seem like he was out of his mind? Um, it, you know, when we were in the store, he was talking about his girlfriend and how how much she liked. He got like the the long Italian loaf of like uh, Villaggio bread. That's the one he wanted, oh. the white bread. Oh yeah. How much his girlfriend liked it, and uh, we got that. I got him a nice pound of butter, real butter. He didn't want margarine. He wanted butter, and uh, a four liter like bag of milk. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good thing you did. Yeah. Brought him out, checked right. out, went through the self-checkout. Oh, yeah. He wanted me to double bag it. I guess he used the other bag for his dog's poo. <laughs> I, I guess. He's right. probably cleaning that up. Yeah. He just, well, yeah. He, and that was it. Yeah. That's parted ways. Oh, and then he asked me for a ride to Dundas and something. Yeah. yeah I kept asking, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, there's oh, a, sorry, bud. You, had a, you have to learn to draw the line somewhere or he's yeah. going to live with you, right? Yeah. And that, that's a big thing. There's like, there's like saying like, there's certain people who are like, just think of something nice to do, like something like that. Like, you know what I should have done? I should have brought him in the grocery store and bought him a loaf of bread. You actually did it, right? Yeah, I did it. You actually right did in it. the grocery store. Which is, which I'm not gonna, I, I can't make fun of that. You know, like I, I don't know if I would have done the same thing. I probably would have talked to the guy. I might have went in and got him a loaf of bread, and then like gave it to him. But uh, I think the better thing to do is what you did, right? Bring the guy right in with you. Yeah. Like, what is it? Was it a good lesson for your daughter to be a part of, I think, too, she, right? She was quiet the whole time. And, you know, we just went for groceries before that for like an hour and she was not quiet the entire time. But she didn't say a word in the store. She just kept like she was kind of wide eyed and just taking, taking it all in, in the right? situation. Right. Did she talk about it after? Yeah. When I got back in the van, all my kids said, you know, that was really nice what you did there, Dad. That was a really nice thing you did. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's a good lesson for them, too. Right. Sure. I think kids are more altruistic than adults are in a lot of ways. They're selfish. They think of themselves more than anyone else, but I mean, if they, I think they understand, like that, like 
just acts of kindness are right more than adults do. They forget about it. You get into a survival mode a little yeah. bit as an adult where you're just trying to make sure you're taken care of and the people that you're responsible for are taken care of. And then you're like, I got enough of this. It's hard enough to do that, let alone make sure that this stranger is taken care of and stuff too, right? But yep. yeah, So a lot right. of people can just justify it in their head and then move on. But uh, it's nice to see when somebody actually does something, right? Uh, yeah, nice, and it nice. seemed like better like uh than just giving him money or something you know bring right, him right. in and get him some sustenance yeah that's the thing that, my condition is like i i will not give money to people a lot of towns i remember i was in nashville they said don't like they have a policy strict on the streets like signage and everything saying don't give money to the panhandlers right because they wanted to minimize the amount of panhandling that went on sure. and uh i agree with that you know but if there's a person asking for food or something like that, and you can say, I'll get you a sandwich. Like, I, know, I have no problem with getting you a, a sandwich yeah. right? as long as I know what the use is. But I've ta- I've had too many late night conversations after a drinking night where you're on the street with a bum and you're having a conversation. You say, what do you really use the money for? And they say tattoos and, and drugs. Yeah. You know, like that's what I usually, st- I'll lie to you, but that's what I'm really spending it on. And I've just met too many of those actual real homeless guys that are just kind of doing it you know, not because of their have bad luck or mental illness or, you know, just because they're young and just don't want to get to work yet, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's hard for me to get over that prejudice because it's built in with me because I have this, but I always talk to homeless people when, you, when I go away, when I go into a new city and you do too. Yeah, I do enjoy, like you hear a lot of good stories sometimes, right? Oh yeah. A lot of different stuff, but. Everyone's, they all got great stories. Like the, um, some of them are so talented too, like. I like New York and Denver's homeless because of they a lot of them were or the ones that I ran into were trying to entertain me. Sure. Which I thought was more of uh I thought was really cool. It's kinda like street performance, but it's a little bit bullying, right? But it's like uh but it's still entertaining. Like, yeah. This one guy did a movie pitch for me, tried to like uh try to sell a movie idea at the time that was just ridiculous, right? And and just had me laughing. So you'd give him money, right? Yeah, Versus sure. a person just trying to appeal to your uh, sympathies. You yeah, know? just somebody sitting there with a cardboard sign or something, like, you know, with a cup. Right, Steve. Are you are you a generally like a soft touch when it comes to something like that? Um, well, when Dave was telling the story, if the if I was approached by someone uh, who said, "Hey, could you get me some bread and butter or help me get money for bread and butter?" Yeah, yeah. I'd probably go into the store and buy him a bag of bread and butter. Yeah, yeah. And be like, here. Yeah. On yeah. the way out, I think. I, would, like to, I, I think that's what I would you do. You wouldn't tongue kiss him like Dave did in front <laughs> no. of his daughter. I, I thought that was a little far, too. <laughs> did he, uh, he, had, he had surprisingly fresh breath, you said. <laughs> right? <laughs> I like how we can take something nice and just, just make it at charter's expense at the end of it all. <laughs> you know who else likes to talk about charters is the people in, in our listening audience, and they get in touch with me in a little segment we call Feedback. We got feedback. We got feedback. Feedback. Oh, I almost hit it. Welcome to Feedback. We got feedback, everybody. This week's feedback is brought to you by our friends from Amazon. Go to the Live from the Dutch Hall website and click on either of our Amazon banners. There's one for the U.S. listeners and one for the Canadian listeners. And uh, you do all your Amazon shopping, and some of that money will come back and help the show and make it better every week. Other ways you can help out the show is uh, you can also hit on our PayPal uh, donate site, become a shareholder of the show. And we are very close to getting our first, first shipment of T-shirts in in a long time. Oh and uh, That's exciting. We just have to make sure the quality is good, and then there will soon be T-shirts for sale, and I'll have a, li- uh, a link to that on the website as well. Um, if I know you can always... Uh, Oh, who else is there? So that's Amazon. Uh, you also got a coupon on there for VG Meats. If you go click mm. on that coupon, bring it into either of the locations in Simcoe or Stony Creek, you'll go to one of the best butcher shops uh, in the in uh, the world, really. Very good I'm going to go in the world. Very good meat. What? Yeah, because I always say, like, uh, you know, if you want to say uh, in Canada, well, Canada's pretty good yep. in, in, in the world. So then... It's got to be close to being in the world, right? You, you yep. think you like you like Australian beef, or you like some nice uh, Japanese Kobe beef? Oh, right. Well, you got it all wrong. We wanted some nice Canadian beef sure. from Viji. Yeah, from Viji. You know they got a, they know the whole uh, the whole genetics of it from from uh, calf right to your plate. It's amazing, right? 
That's uh, you can't get that everywhere. So SVG Meats, go on there, give the coupon, bring it in those locations. Some of that money will come back help the show, and you get some good deal on steaks and and uh, some uh, ground beef. And also, uh, there's Lakeside Vista. Good news for our good sponsors from Lakeside Vista. They got an, a zoning change that's going to allow them to host some, uh, hopefully, some awesome festivals and uh, big events in the future. There's like up to 500 campsites approved, and they have a natural amphitheater called Frogs Hollow concert venue or whatever fantastic which is uh which is right on the lake it's a great now so now that that'll be able to get booked you can always go to lakesidevista.ca have an aerial photograph of the whole property 3d thing it's it'll it'll get you a real good view of one of the best properties in ontario to book any of your big events you might be planning because lakeside vista where the views are beautiful and the memories are are even better better. Love it. Doesn't Paul have to say a swear word in there somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> I've had the pleasure of playing that venue a couple times at some private. Uh, yes, you have, Dave. Private How events. How many times? Three and, times. Uh, three times now, yeah. And it is a great place. It really is. I actually uh, uh, sang publicly at, at an <laughs> event there. I think uh, more than once. And also one time I hosted an event there where every act I had it on a Bushstock. It was Bushstock at the time. Oh, I had yeah. on a Bushstock T-shirt. A silk screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a nice T-shirt. I was so, and I remember after every uh, act that I introduced, I was going to rip a different part of the shirt. So first, I ripped off my sleeves, you know. Then that was perfect, right? Then I was going to like cut the shirt so it was a belly shirt, and then make it into the halter top. Until eventually, I was just like shirtless on the stage, right? That was the running thing through the night. I thought that was a great idea. I don't know what would make me think, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but did you actually do it? Well, I forgot to do. I forgot about it. I ripped the <laughs> sleeves off, right? And then the next act that I went up, I, I think I might have missed one. <laughs> and then by the time at the end, when I was introducing the last few acts, I was um, pretty uh, well into my day. Oh yeah. And I so I just kept tying the shirt into different. So at one point, I am wearing the, like the Daisy Duke halter top. Oh, There's yeah. pictures of me on stage with Mike's band, <laughs> and I'm like got the halter top thing on. It was. Uh, um, and then another. T- yeah. So I've hosted that thing. A, couple times, I think. Yeah, and you've got your Eddie Vedder on a couple times there. That's for sure. <laughs> that's right. I'll drink my red wine in my golf shirt. That's like Eddie everybody. I was talking about George, George Bush was a boar criminal. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, feedback. We got feedback. There's lots of different ways you can get in touch with us. And this week's no exception. Before we get into it, I'd like to th- welcome our new listeners from Chalice, Greece. No, no. It's Chalcis. I think. Oh. Greece. You know, guess what episode they listen to? Uh, the, the female orgasms. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, just, I was female orgasm, but I, I said it plural because the multiple Greece people listen to it, all, both go. from Chelsea's, Chelsea's, <laughs> where they like, they like dirty stuff there. Also, Thornhill, Ontario, Brighton, Michigan. We're spreading all over Michigan. Whoa. Michigan's our new hotbed of listeners. <laughs> they're fastest because they're be, the East be California was like our, the biggest in the states. Now, Michigan. Michigan is starting to, be, to really catch on alive from the Dutch Hall. I'm excited about Michigan. It's exciting. They're probably all at home just purifying their water and yeah. got nothing else to do. Listening to a nice podcast. I don't like you. I don't like you insinuating that their water's not pure, Dave. <laughs> these are these are great <laughs> listeners from from Michigan. You're going to tell us their water's... Uh, I think it was in the news. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's well known that really? water's terrible. Well, no wonder. Really? All over the whole state? Yeah, well, Flint, Michigan. Yeah, oh, Flint. yeah, yeah. This one's, these guys aren't by Flint, though. Uh, these guys have delicious water in uh, Brighton, Michigan, I think. Hopefully. They weren't in the news. And Edmonton, Alberta. Oh, hey. And we got one from Edmonton, Alberta. So here, there's a guy. There's lots of ways to get a hold of me. One way is at livefromthedutchhall.gmail.com. And this guy sends us uh, feedback entitled, Here's your effing feedback. Oh, he said fucking feedback. <laughs> but he put fucking, and then it, he wrote the whole word fucking out. But between the F and the U, we put an asterisk. <laughs> He, but he, he still had every letter. He had every letter of fucking. <laughs> Plus an asterisk. Not the G. Not the G at the end. <laughs> fucking. But he put in an asterisk. So here's your fucking feedback from Bill Anon. He says, first off, love the show. Hey. It makes for great entertainment on my commute to work. I always like when people tell us what they're doing when they listen to the show. Because <laughs> yeah. I would always picture just them hovering over a hole and telling some girl to put the lotion on her skin. <laughs> uh, secondly... I have a line for the Haitian Dwarf theme song. Oh, first one. Uh, first yes. one. First one. Now, I got to tell you, it's not the first. There was one that ga- that came in uh, just before this, guys. And so she was the first. And I'll get into hers a little bit later. But uh, but Bill was the second, right, that I put it in. So the first one I've ever talked about on the air. 
And so you want to do it? Yeah. Here it is. Uh, so you can start playing, and I'll sing the hi-ho. Hi. Oh, hi-ho, it's off to bed we <laughs> go. Is that wrong? Did I get him in there? No, you're right. Okay. <laughs> oh, do we not sing it? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> Let's right. do it. All right. <laughs> Do you know Those the are, chords? Nah, you guys didn't practice this one. I was just saying, it's hi ho, hi ho. It's off to bed we go. Don't take her bait. His name is Kate. Hi ho, hi ho. You got it, Charters? Yeah, I get it. Don't take her bait. His name is Kate. Yeah. Right. Hi ho, hi ho. That's a good one. We're going to give him a round of right. hey. applause. Yeah, I didn't think you'd get it. You know who else didn't think you'd get it? Was uh, Bill Anon. <laughs> he didn't think we'd get it. Bill didn't think he'd get it. He said, because this is how he ended that. He goes, I guess if I have to explain, it might not work. But basically, it's about Caitlyn Jenner. (laughs) In your episode a while back about not knowing uh, transgender is a transgender. So he's a listener, though. Dave, don't make fun of her. The the bait is is the ample cleavage. Cleavage. While downstairs, they're packing a heater the size of a baby's forearm. Right? So he explained it in quite detail. Yeah. You know? It's not just... It's not just uh, don't take her bait. Her name is Kate. The bait is specifically her cleavage. Cleavage. And uh, sounds like Bill's a boob man. He's a boob man. It isn't Kate's sweet ass. <laughs> <laughs> isn't her way around the the poles? You know. Well, thank you, Bill. Thank you, Bill. Anyways, he says. Uh, anyways, keep up the good work. Uh, Bozy rules and Charter sucks balls. Oh, <laughs> oh. yes. Ouch. But well. he does put like is every one of these guys that say that stuff about you. Yeah, they always put something in brackets after. And this guy goes, although I don't know him, it seems appropriate to say. <laughs> so well, again, I'm going to take that with a grain of salt, Bill and on. <laughs> and he goes, go Belgium, which is a real w- bad way to end it. <laughs> it's a bad way to end. Belgium. <laughs> I only go there when the south winds blow. <laughs> okay. The next message we got live from DutchHallGmail.com is from a great uh, supporter of the show. A guy who's been in a part of Nocturnal Missions time or two. Braden DeCumin. Oh, hey, yeah. Right. You know Braden DeCumin? Hey, Braden. Another Belgian. Another Belgian. This is two. Two for two for Belgians. I should stop booing him. He says, hey, Pete. He calls this one tour rider, question mark. Tour rider. And uh, this is something we haven't talked about. I like Braden. I like Braden. I like where this is going. Braden brings a lot to the show. He says, hey, Pete, now that that the Dutch Hall tour is being planned, have you given any thoughts to what you will be demanding from the venues? Mm. I found that asking for M&Ms with no brown ones results in management telling you, go fuck yourself, you're not Van Halen. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, "Uh, the nocturnal missions are sounding better than ever. Ciao. So that's a good compliment to you guys. Yeah, right? hey, good thanks, Braden. Guys. And he's a real it. musician too. He's oh, a re- for sure. Yes. We always like having you in, Braden. He's a big rock star. Mm-hmm. He's a big rock star. He's been around. He's asked for things in his venues. He's had no luck. Now we are live from the Dutch Hall and Nocturnal Missions. You know, this is like we should have a certain amount of rights. You know, built-in sure. audience as we do. We we're going on our first tour ever, going to these venues. I think that uh, we have to have something. I agree. I haven't given it any thought before this, mm. but I'm going to say one thing that I want myself. Is uh, I just want like my own safe space just to be by myself, just for like you know, twenty five minutes or so, where I just have a mirror, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and one one tube of lipstick. That's it. That's all I'm asking for. And if you have a cat, it can join Pete in the room. <laughs> is what I want a white room, empty, nothing in it but a mirror, a stand up mirror like uh, Snow White, and a tube of lipstick on a on a stool. <laughs> And a towel, <laughs> or, or an old sock. One of the <laughs> that's it. What do you guys got? Anything? That's a little. That's a little selfish of me. I don't know. have anything <laughs> quite that. Uh, <laughs> that descriptive, de- yeah, no. or detailed. Well, think about it. Think about it. Think about it. You might be able to come up with something. I like the idea of a private space, though, like a green room. You know, you're in the band, though. You gotta. For your, for your, you and the band. Yeah, for yeah. us, and the band needs a space, right? <laughs> yeah, you guys have your space. I need my own special <laughs> white space yeah. with a stand-up Freshly mirror, <laughs> stool, tube lipstick, t- towel, or an old sock. What color is the lipstick? Red, bright red, cherry red. <laughs> you crazy? <laughs> I wasn't born yesterday. I like fast girls, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know what? We've been uh, uh, yeah, we gotta get through this. You know the other uh, Haitian Dwarf theme song that we had written was by our good friend Sonia Rowan in California. Aww, she's hello, been on a, she's been on a lot of uh, she's been on a couple episodes in the past. Sonia was the very first one to give us a Haitian Dwarf theme song, and hers I'm gonna do it just like she wrote it, which is gonna be difficult to do, but I'll try it. it goes ready, boom. I thought you taught it to, to everyone. I did. <laughs> no, I can't <laughs> All right. Hi. hi ho, hi ho. It's off to bed we go. I am a golf pro in my soul. That's why I put one in every hole. <laughs> right? Do you see how it doesn't work? It's, it's got too many syllables. I like. I kind of like the theme of yeah. it. It's got too many syllables. It's got like three lines instead of yeah, it two. Yeah, it was too many, right? So I sent her a message back. I said, how about... I'll put my pole in every hole. I ho, I ho. And she said that was all right. Yeah. And I said she's entered into the draw for a life from the Dutch Hall T-shirt. Yeah, as absolutely. is Bill Anon. Bill Anon has also entered in that draw for right, sending in uh, a Haitian dwarf thing. I have to tell you, while we're on the subject of the Haitian dwarf, he has been MIA. What? It has now been, I think, a month since I have heard from the Haitian Four dwarf. Four weeks. This is the longest it's ever gone with no word from the Haitian dwarf. And it's not that he, and his, and all of his previous feedback is taken down. Like this is actually starting to become a, weird. a real, like we're still talking, we're still playing the same song. He here. was given some real, like the last couple he gave were just bang on too. Yeah, really good. They He's were topical. Hot, they were current. They were topical. Real hot streak. So, I mean, if anyone sees a little man out there and he just fits a description of a, of a Haitian dwarf, I mean, ask him. And, uh, if you can find them, let us know at livefromthedutchhallgmail.com or go on yeah. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any way you can get a hold of us and see if you can find. Reach out to him on Twitter. He's got a Twitter account, so maybe, oh, yeah, he's, maybe, maybe I, he's watching. Yeah, maybe I got to send a message out to the Haitian dwarf and see. It. He was on uh, Periscope a couple weeks ago. Didn't seem to be, uh, didn't seem to be, uh, you know, anti-Dutch Hall. Hmm. So I'm just, I'm just ho- wondering if iTunes has muzzled him or something. I don't know what's going Possible. on. Anyways. We'll keep going. We do get uh, feedback from uh, uh, Facebook as well and Twitter. And on Facebook, Tara H. from Delhi says, Game on, boys, is what she said in response. Tara H. Tara H.? Sorry. I am sorry. 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 It's Tara H. I have a friend named Tara, and 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 every time I see a person... Of that spelling, I, I, I always air to the person that I know for the longest, and that was that's my friend, Tara. But this is Tara H. Tara H. And she probably hates it when someone says it the other way, and I say it every time wrong. Just like Milo Silo McMahon, remember? That's it, right. It, yeah. it, and then I said Milo, Milo as soon as we started. I was like an idiot, right? <laughs> Anyways, I just have these break, broken things in my brain, so I do apologize for to Tara H. from Delhi. Uh, she's she is uh, the one that came up with the idea of having a whiskey drinking uh, contest of the sexes, you know, mm. where uh, the, us the men, the real uh, accomplished drinkers. Are, would you put yourself in this list, Dave? I, I would. Yeah, I've been practicing for years. Yes. And uh, do you feel that there's uh, women out there that can step toe to toe with the likes of us? Uh, not no, not toe to toe. No. Like there's some that would. Do well, they, part, they'd be they'd try to keep up and do a pretty good job, but my opinion is we're gonna down. we're gonna party all night. We might party all night together, but one is gonna be a puddle of like date rape bait. Is that a word? <laughs> date rape bait. It is now. And, and, and the other one is gonna be able to be drunk and still functional, right? Like right. I think that's the difference. Though I have I I do know that I I have tipped, and I don't know. If I tip before or after people sometimes, you know, a lot of brown outs there. There's a tipping point. Yeah. When's the last time you blacked out, Charters? Um, From drinking too much. I think it was a couple, my birthday, just a couple weeks ago. Oh, really? You, or, you had some hazy moments well, in that the, evening? For the next few days, I was I was remembering glimpses of, you know. Oh, good for you. Yeah. I think it all came back to me eventually. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> That's nice. It's the worst when you like all of a sudden you're like, how did I lose this tooth? You know, like it's it's really is like sad. You know, you're like, I don't think I'm making the right choices. All right, the other thing on Twitter, I got real exciting news from Twitter. There's this at Katie Rose Allen and at Beagle Co. They got married. Hey, all right. And they sent us a picture live in the Dutch Hall. And you guys say, who is who is at Katie? You're kidding me. A picture. They sent us a picture of the two of them. They they say we got hitched, and they didn't say any C bombs. And who this couple is is if you remember the Nashville episode. They were the couple, a couple we met from uh, England in the in the bar. They've since become listeners of the show, and uh, they follow me on Twitter. And they sent me a, a, a picture saying they just got hitched. That's cool. So congratulations to them. Let's have a nice Dutch all round of yeah, applause. Yeah, way to, to go. 
You should retweet that. Retweet it. Well, it said it had my at, it said my at Dutch Hall on it. Did it? Yeah. I'll have to look it up. Was it was it hashtagged? My show? No, they got married. My show's not as important as their marriage, Dave. Come on, man. It isn't. It isn't. You know what marriage is, Dave? Is it's a loving union between a, a man and a woman that's made for that's for life. That's right. Where you grow, where two become one, and the ring is eternal. <laughs> oh, this, I'm getting a. I'm getting a. Mike just. Mike Bo, the band leader, oh. just sent a picture. Oh, really? Is he on the plane? I don't know. I'll look it up while you're... Well, you should have probably found out if it was interesting enough to talk about. Well, it was in, it just go. flashed up on my phone. How interesting is that? Well, that's why you don't talk about it until you know what you're talking about. Anyways, you know... Oh, it's a beautiful <laughs> picture of, of uh, two of our great friends on the plane. Oh, Mike and Mer. And Mike how's and the mustache looking? Oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> you think we're in trouble, Dave? I is. Yeah, I think so. It's it is thick. <laughs> he is a bit of a beast when it comes thick to that mustache dark. area. You know, this mustache contest that we're in the midst of, we're two weeks or so in, and uh, my beard has become uh, intolerable right now. It's grown in my mouth. Like, all the hairs are in my mouth. It's, it's, I'm always pulling yeah. it out. Right the on cor- the corners. Oh, I hate it. But I'm not going to trim it even a little bit because I want as much as I can to put it into battle when it's time to go. And, you know, all this facial hair stuff has got me thinking – not just about Hitler and his tiny penis, which is still to come, but uh, also about uh, the beards and mustaches over the years. You know, I started I started thinking about the uh, you know that I'm into this and why would people do this? And it turns out uh, there's some interesting reading I had about beards and mustaches, and it tells about the history of mustaches. Did you or of facial hair in general? So prehistoric men had beards for three reasons. Can you guess what those three reasons are? I bet one is that they had no tools to shave them. That's correct. Uh, no, that wasn't. Uh, they didn't. The scientists who wrote this on the <laughs> on the Stephen Harper didn't go, didn't think of that. <laughs> no, but like more like um, warmth. Warmth is one. Yes. Oh, and protection. How would you? Say, yes, protection from like it, from animals or other other like Neanderthal men with like spears. It would it would help block the attacks. Well, even just uh, <laughs> it just cushions a punch to the face is what they sure. that they actually said. It, uh, I don't think it's going to stop a spear, but it will stop. It'll cushion a, a punch to the face or maybe like a, a ramming of some sort of animal. And the other thing was for uh, intimidation. Mm-hmm. The bigger the beard, the stronger the chin line, and then they would uh, oh, show yeah. they would be intimidating to their oh. to their foes. You know. What about to get women? Did it help them get women? Uh, uh, no, beard has never proven to be a successful uh, aid. At getting women, Steve. Sorry, I know, but it's 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 uh, and there's evidence to support the otherwise. It actually, it says uh, bearded men are considered two thirds as attractive as clean shaven men. That's what they say, and women. Actually, they say they look uh, in surveys. They look thirty eight percent less generous, thirty six percent less caring, and fifty one percent less cheerful. Oh, what do you say about Santa Claus, though? He's That's cheerful. Right. Mm. Jolly, even. Imagine you shave that beard off Santa Claus, and no one's gonna sit on that guy's lap. Nobody. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Just some old guy with no beard, <laughs> sitting in there in a red suit. How ridiculous does that guy look? You need the beard, right? It's a key to the whole outfit. Anyways, I don't think it's a. It's not a hard and fast theory. In ancient times, um, they said that beards were sign of signs of honor. You know, you it, like when you had a beard, that was like a, you know, a sign of like honor and respect. Probably like an, you're an elder, you can grow a beard, right? But uh, they were cut as punishment. They would cut him off to oh, disgrace really? you, show your bare naked face, right? Like we tried to do Steve, but you wouldn't hear any of it. No, he right? didn't want to be disgraced. Do you feel that way, Steve? Disgraced? Do you feel like you would be disgraced without your beard? Uh, no. No? I'd get over it. <laughs> Is it true you have a birthmark of a penis on your chin, uh, on your cheek? No. <laughs> Big blue vein on it. Surprisingly lifelike. <laughs> Still yet to be proven. Still yet to be proven until he shaves. Okay. You know, Alexander the Great was the one that changed beards uh, with soldiers. He said, you know, before that, soldiers all had beards because you want to look like you're tough. You want to look intimidating and stuff like that. And then uh, Alexander the Great said, no, beards, because he didn't want uh, the enemies to pull people's beards hmm. in battle. Oh. Right. Like Fight Club. Yeah. Sure. Back in uh, the old, you know, the Celtic warriors, you know, I think Ireland, right? The Celtic warriors, it must be. Back in those days, there was a guy by the name of Otto the Great, right? These guys were all the great. 
Must they just called them? I was that that wasn't their last name. They just called themselves the Great. Eventually, I think if you just you were kick like, everybody else's ass. You get to call yourself the Great. Yeah, Dave the Great. Yeah, Dave the Great. He was awesome. So this guy was pretty cool, <laughs> Otto the Great. And he used to when he say speeches and stuff, he'd swear by his beard. He'd say like, uh, you know. Um, if something's getting real serious, he's like, I swear by the whiskers of my chin that I'll kick those people's asses oh, yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? That's, that wasn't even an Irish accent. That was like an old, <laughs> old timey man. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I think that's cool. I think you should, uh, we should all start swearing by our beards. And then, uh, middle, uh, then, uh, so then, like, I, I looked at it, and then, and then when you looked at uh, guys like uh, Lincoln, you know, Lincoln, Abe. Abraham. You know, he was a big leader of the U.S. Yep. Big beard. No yep. mustache. No mustache. You know, why did Abe Lincoln have a beard and no mustache? Well, I'll tell you why. He's an ugly man, hideous to look at, right? That's what he was. And uh, so people would kind of make fun of him for being, like, tall and lanky. He looked like this backwoods Kentucky, like, hillbilly thing. He's like, why are you listening to this guy? You know, he's so ugly and stuff. But at that time, all politicians were ugly. There was no TV, you know. There was no reason to beauty him up. But uh, one girl sent Lincoln a letter, said, like, if you grew whiskers on your chin, you'd look like you had a stronger chin. I get, I could get more of my brothers to vote for you or something like that. Oh. And then uh, he considered it, and he grew a beard, but he shaved the mustache because, according to, like, uh, like historically, the mustache signifies, uh, like, um, aggress- ag- aggressiveness. Hmm. You know, that if you have a mustache, that means you're, like, you're more war-driven. More like you mean business, oh, yeah. right? Or Lincoln shaved his must- mustache. You know the Mennonites and and uh, the Amish and yeah. stuff like that. They feel the same way. A mustache is too aggressive, so they shave the mustache. Yeah, if you picture like an old Wild West gunfighter, they all got mustaches, right? They're aggressive. They want to shoot you down, right? The sign that was a sign you weren't to be messed with. Stalin, Joseph Stalin, big sure. bushy must uh, mustache. Before that, the Russian, like I think the Bolsheviks. I'm not sure if I'm right about this. They used to have beards. And then uh, Stalin wanted to differentiate himself, so he grew this big duster, and he was like, this is because I'm the boss, right? Like, I got a big, huge, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. Wilford Brimley mustache. Yep. I mean, business. You think about Wilford Brimley, right? He comes in the room. You know what Wilford Brimley is? Diabetes. Diabetes? You know, you don't know, Wil- you know he was Quaker Oats guy? Really? Oh, yeah. Quaker okay, Oats yeah. guy? Yep. He had that big walrus mustache. You know, even as an old man with diabetes... Right, you would still be somewhat intimidated by Wilford Brimley, right? Sure. Duster. Oh yeah. But without it, he shaves that mustache off. Old diabetes Brimley comes in. You'd think nothing of him. He would be no, no, not even a concern of yours, right? No different than Santa with no beard. Sa- same thing. Wilford Brimley without a mustache is the same as Santa no beard. The same guy, just pathetic. You won't sit on his lap. <laughs> so. <laughs> or his mustache. Or his mustache. No mustache. <laughs> so uh, w- you have had a number of different incarnations of your facial hair. Anyways, Lincoln grew the beard, became iconic, but a lot of his detractors said he was a pussy for not having a mustache because he was a pacifist. Oh. He didn't want to promote, and he didn't want to promote war in his country. He yeah. wanted it to be more of a peaceful time. That's why he didn't have a mustache. And a guy like Hitler, um, Hitler grew, uh, he actually loved mustaches. Same thing. He wanted to grow, he wanted to show he was meant, uh, meant business, right? He, was, he wanted to show he was tough. He wasn't gonna take anything, but and he used to always have a handlebar mustache, eh? Hmm. Hitler, he loved it. Oh, really? a long mustache, yeah. But then uh, in the World War One, he had to uh, shave it into like his tooth toothbrush mustache in order that the gas mask would fit properly. But it didn't help him. He got gassed anyways. Hey, eh? Hitler did. I'm, I'm, I'm spoiler alert. Or, or this, I'm getting ahead of myself with Hitler. But he 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 loved that mustache, and he also loved Chaplin, mm-hmm. uh, who had the same mustache. My wife's grandpa had the same mustache, and he was born in 1900, right? So he he uh, he he had it before Hitler ruined it. You know? Yeah, he ruined it for everyone. You don't yeah. see anyone wearing that anymore. You can't. Yeah. And even Chaplin was uh, just as iconic with that mustache, right? But even Chaplin, you can't say, I'm a huge Chaplin aficionado, so I wear a Chaplin mustache. They'll be like, no, that's <laughs> yeah. a Hitler mustache. Yeah. He ruined that for everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Now, if Hitler had a regular handlebar mustache at the time, do you think handlebar mustaches would have gone the same way? I bet they would. Because Stalin had a pretty, like, it was a wicked mustache, right? Mm-hmm. But it was a pretty standard mustache. You, he, it wasn't something that was, uh, uh, he was, like, he'd invented the style of that mustache. That existed, and it was v- quite common forever and ever. It's a staple mustache, right? That's why he didn't ruin it. 
because Hitler's was unique. I think he ruined that mustache. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, no one else has ruined facial hair more than Hitler has. That I think. Uh, there's no other thing like no no guy with a weird beard or or anything like that. Or sideburns. Elvis sideburns. You know he's he didn't ruin him, but I mean you do get a. Uh, uh, comparison. If you grow your sideburns yeah, too right. long, you're going to get into Elvis territory, right? He really did kind of. That's the only thing I could think of. And Lincoln's beard, but he, but like the Amish wear that. They're not like Lincoln fans. But he did kind of popularize that in the in the time. The beard, the beard, no mustache, which you could have done for this contest. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know, I have something to say about this, and it's a little odd coming for me. It's almost a sports break. Oh, <laughs> weird news. <laughs> so uh, it, it, it appears that Mattingly um, is the manager. <laughs> this is me doing sports break. <laughs> He's the manager of some team somewhere, and he has initiated a, a, a clean-shaven policy for his teammates. Oh, right, right, right. I know that the Yankees won't allow facial hair on their team. Right, but Mattingly had that whole thing. He had the duster the whole time, didn't he? Right, that he refused to, to shave and got benched for and... Yeah, and now he's and now he mandatory. Oh, he, I didn't even know that yeah. he he was actually uh, wouldn't oh, for the Yankees. Yeah, for the or Yankees whoever. he wouldn't shave his mustache. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I think, Can't I think if that. I know baseball, and now he's uh, he's turned into a hypocrite. Is what you're <laughs> that's saying? Right. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's what happens. All the hippies become these old like uh, middle managers in some big corporation, and they forgot about all the times they used to protest this and that because it was so long ago. Yeah, you're full of piss when you're young. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you know, an interesting fact about facial hair before we, because maybe we'll decide to keep this like Steve. You know, 98% of the Forbes 100 list, uh, the richest men in the world, 98% of them are clean shaven, you know? But 98%, oh, 100% of the uh, world's richest women are clean shaven as well. Oh, downstairs? No, they have no beards. 98% 98% of the world's lumberjacks, warriors, and badasses actually have beard, have wow. facial hair. So you can just decide which camp you want to live in. <laughs> and uh, I'm so, I might keep this thing. I don't know. If I can get used to itchiness, it might stay. What do you think? Yeah, just keep it. It's going right now. How do you explain the hipsters? Is it, did you, was there anything in there about the hipsters and their big beards? Well, I believe the hipsters are just... Uh, there was nothing in it about the hipsters because the hipsters have no meaning to their facial hair, right? They just grow it to be ironic or to to be different from one another just because they're doing the exact same thing, right? Except like, they all have beards. Yeah, so all they're not of, really like, different. No, they're doing the same thing, and then everyone will start cutting their beards, and they'll want to be unique too by doing the same thing as all them too, right? I don't get I don't get it at all. Though that being that being said, you, you've been through a million different uh, facial hair looks. Now, what is the motivation behind it? Like, is there a, are you getting a, is there some sort of self-expression? Are you trying to get a message across like uh, Hitler and Stalin? Or are you just like, just bored? It's more just for fun, yeah. Just being bored. Sometimes I'm too lazy to shave. But the pre-Christmas mustache I had going was, uh, I was, I really enjoyed growing that. And that was dual purpose. That was one for an ID card for work. <laughs> Am I right? It ended up being yeah, yeah. and uh, and also so you could shave it and put it in a jar and give it to me for Christmas. That's right. Those two, so I could go in a shrine, <laughs> right? Tall. Right. Well, both of them make perfect sense to me. Very noble causes. Right. Yeah. Both of them make perfect sense. So, Steve, I didn't know. Did you name that guitar? Did you did, did you decide I, on I, it? I haven't officially named it yet. I'm. It it is burgundy, so I'm I'm tempted to call it Ron. But I don't know how I feel about having a dude named. You're a homophobic. Just no, it's uh, just it spends a lot of time on my lap. Uh, <laughs> what about Ronnie? Like Ronnie Spector? Oh. Yeah. Rhonda. Ronnie Burgundy. Ronnie. Ronnie Burgundy. Because Ronnie can be a girl. Ronnie Spector's got a great voice. It's true. It's true. Boy, Phil Spector messed her up. <laughs> he sure. He sure did. He ruined the white the the perm for white people. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I can't even wear that hairstyle anymore. I haven't worn it since grade ten. Man, that guy's totally insane. Like that's yes. one of those things about genius. Like, how much stuff do you let geniuses get away with? Like, and you look at even back in history, like most of the like the smartest and most advances we had in history have been through people who are absolutely out of their fucking mind. Sure, you know, like. Look at a guy like Ben Franklin, for example. He invented uh, electricity. Electricity, right? <laughs> he was a like a he was a statesman, an inventor, a writer. Like he was a he, by all accounts a genius, right? Mm-hmm. But he uh, 
he was a horrible pervert and like he was like a real uh, a real dirty guy you know like he was notorious for being like off his head right but but, you, but he accomplished so much great things so how much leeway do you give you know yeah you know the whole like michael jackson uh you know is a great dancer like and chris chris brown's a great dancer who's someone at that point as long as you can dance you can do whatever you want because all these people yeah. get away seem to get away with it because of talent and until you get too old and then they get cosby right oh, then that's yeah. the thing i actually i think what cosby did is is obviously terrible but the 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 point that they keep forgetting is is that like uh that was a really fucked up time right like it wasn't it a really fucked up time the 70s and 60s and stuff like to be famous and you know studio 54 and, all and drugs like were new like all those drugs were new so like if there was a guy like if you look at that old cosby bit where he does the spanish fly stuff it was really big when uh he got in trouble it's like an old old bit you know it's spanish fly bit and it, you know, whenever being a kid and you hear about Spanish fly, it was like some, it was a myth, you know? Yeah. yeah. So if all these new drugs are coming out, designer drugs and like Quaaludes and all these, you know, all these like uh, more like in the seventies and stuff, they were like all these new things are coming out. And then he goes, this one works just like Spanish fly. And then, uh, you know, like it's like a, it's a broken part of thinking, but there was so much of that going on at that period of time. It was fucked up. And, You'll never get that context back once people have have uh, like got it that it's totally fucked up. Yeah, that's right. you know, <laughs> then they you never be able to have that context that no. people didn't know how messed up that was. You know, right. and then once it becomes a behavioral pattern that you've built for yourself with rewards built in, then you're just a sick person that's gone too far down the rabbit hole, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he knew it was it was wrong. <laughs> you can't think that it's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, I'm saying like there was so much wrong stuff going on sure. at that time. I don't know if you can deter, you can know it's wrong. Sometimes you might think, well, maybe this isn't wrong because it's happening everywhere around me. You know, know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's so hard for us to put yourself in the perspective of a guy that's 80 and what the world was like then. Right. I mean, if you look, if you look at like, um, like my, like in our my grandfather's generation, you cheated on your wife and she didn't, she didn't divorce you. Right, like she just knew you cheated on her, and that just went on with that way. If she wanted to be, uh, have a problem with it, there was a backhand waiting for her for most, and there was no consequence for that. That was like two generations before me. <laughs> yeah, that's not that long ago. It, all of those things sound horrible today, right? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> like they, like you wouldn't think, and, and they are as a society. We they were horrible we've then. Wisened up. Yeah, they were horrible then too, but they were commonplace, and it was like the way my dad was the way my granddad was and there was this built-in bullshit behavior where men's and it's based on in my opinion it's based on men not being uh, not having as many skills in their as women to be human beings we all although our advantage through history has always been the fact that we have brute strength mm -hmm. and uh, if it wasn't for our brute strength we uh would have been losing the battle of power with the women since the beginning because they're smarter for the most part, they're more organized, they're more nurturing, they're more everything. All we had was brute strength and intimidation through all those years. And then they took that away from us in the 60s and then now we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> now we have every, you know, back when men ran things, you'd have like a school and uh, you know, a kid gets beat up in the schoolyard, the man, when the men was running things, they'd be like, yeah, go hit the kid back. Don't be a dick. Try to avoid them. You know, like all this with men's solutions, right? Yeah. Women start running the school. It's like anti-bullying campaigns and, you know, like everyone's a victim and nurture everyone from the beginning and get everybody protected, right? Take away the strap. It's more work and it's uh, it's way more like order and organization and stuff like that. But a man would never come up with any of that shit. They would, oh, that's the way, and that's the way society's going because- women are taking over everything and that's the way they do things. And we, we didn't, and there was a whole bunch of bad stuff happened because we didn't take, handle any of that shit, but it also built men into more, uh, durable men. You know what I mean? Maybe didn't. And even though they'd be assholes, they'd still be able to endure more, you know? But then, uh, and now I'm just worried what we're going to make. Like, what do you think we're going to make? I don't know. I guess now's the time where you need to, like, we'll be developing other skills, right? Than those ones that got us through the last. Well, we have to develop women's skills. Years. Uh, we have to develop uh, the, all the nurturing skills and all the things that historically, like, and I'm not just talking about, like, the last hundred years. Like, like, since the beginning of fucking time, women have served 
certain they were better at certain things so they served those roles like nurturing and like the the hunting and gathering thing the women did the gathering they gathered all day long and like pounded like grain and and uh, mm-hmm. made sure there was always food like staples all day long while the men went hunting and maybe once a month they caught something yeah. and then there was a big feast and everybody had a party and everything the men were like ah we're the fucking best right yeah. but then the, the women worked every single day yeah. to make them survive to the point where they killed that one deer or whatever right that's how it worked like we were we were always inferior like i think and then but we just ended up running things because we had a club and we were stronger right and now it's we true. don't have a club anymore and we're gonna fucking lose we're already losing there's no way men will be able to have a the school system set up for women the 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 corporate workplace is a is set up for women you know like everything is more designed for the sensibilities of a woman. I don't think of it as win-lose. I think of it more like we'll, we'll be evolving over the next couple hundred years and the playing field will level out. There, what, what's, what use is there for a man? Histori- like how will seed. we evolve? Our, the, our use is still seed, right? Yeah. We Although have the, science is even <laughs> That's what I mean. That. I mean, geez. You need one guy. You one guy, you get enough sperm, you can impregnate it. You know, if they can separate it in vitro and semen, whatever they want to do to it, you're going to get, you can have as many offspring as you want with one guy and all these women. We got way too many guys. You know what I mean? I, I think the evolution is that we're fucked. That's what I think. <laughs> if you go enough years in the future, like, what's the point of us? Like, two seconds of humping at the end, and then we're fucking rendered useless. <laughs> Change, you got to change light bulbs and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shovel the driveway. Yeah, that's right. All of the, we'll always be we're we're like the we're like the hired help of the sexes, right? <laughs> it is not a good future. I mean, we we had we are gonna get, we are getting punished for the all the generations of assholes. Let's do weird facts with Hitler to end the show. Mm. How's it go again? It's true. It's false. Suck balls. Weird facts. They are weird, Hitler. Take it easy. Yes, it's weird facts about Hitler. Today, I was really struck by the uh, New York Post headline, Hitler had a tiny penis. Hmm. I was very excited to see it because, as you know, I was watching a show called um, uh, Finding Hitler. That's right. And I actually I DVR'd it, but I don't know where the I don't haven't watched the the exciting conclusion. I don't know. Did he? I don't know what happened. You know, I got to the point where he's. They were thinking he's in uh, Argentina. They had plotted his course from like, he went from Germany to Spain uh, to from Spain to Canary Islands by a submarine, and then from Canary Islands to Argentina, and then into some hidden like bunker in the hills in Argentina. You know, and then eventually. Uh, died of old age. I think that was a theory, right? Just fat on steaks and red wine. He probably had gout when he died. Well, he wasn't in good shape. He wasn't a very good, healthy man, which is like, I found a lot of facts about Hitler. The one that was the most interesting was the um, tiny penis uh, uh, <laughs> headline, you know? Shocking I was thinking about calling this show Hitler as a tiny penis, and I'm like, well, that's a little provocative. You put that on social media and stuff, you're saying, I'm like, it was in the New York Post. It's on the head, front, you know, on the headline. Whatever it was. I don't know it was front page, but it was... It was there. It's a small headline. So anyways, uh, <laughs> it said in this article that Adolf Hitler had a genetical deformity that made his penis remarkably small, according to historians, uh, citing previously unknown medical records. They were able to uh, to get into some of his medical records. Oh. Uh, he suffered from a condition called hypospadias, uh, hmm. hypospadias, which left him with a micro penis. Uh, and uh, they said the condition um, can be so severe that sufferers are forced to urinate from a hole in the base of their manhood. Whoa. So his pee hole is not in the top, but at the base. That's right? awful. Yes. So Hitler, in addition to this, he also, um, it said hypodia sufferers have to sit to relieve themselves. He also only had one testicle. Mm-hmm. He had two, actually. Oh, there's a lot of different things I read about this, actually. It's quite common for people to say Hitler had one testicle. And uh, <laughs> is that a picture of hypo? Yeah. Yeah? And where is it? Where is he peeing from? Like this- From the urethral opening, which is just below the helmet underneath. <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> oh, from underneath the head, but not right at the base. Well, if you got a small dick, then that, that would be at the base, wouldn't it? 
if he had a micro penis. <laughs> so he's uh, he's peeing out of the base of his his dick, sitting down. Right. He has one ball that never distended. Uh, like he was. I think uh, some people say he was injured in a, in the World War One, and he lost a testicle. Mm. Other and others are now say that he had just one. This report from his medical record says he had one testicle that just never distended, so he just had one testicle. It never dropped. So one testicle, he pees out of the base of his penis, he has to sit down, right? These are all Hitler. Mm. Weird facts, right? <laughs> Weird facts. So I didn't know any of these things before. And, you know, it's said, it's, it's said that uh, hypospadias uh, can lead to problems later in life, including difficulty performing in the bedroom, mm-hmm. right? which we did talk about last week where we said Hitler was receiving injections of a bull, oh, bull, semen. A bull semen in order to increase his uh, uh, libido, you know? And uh, it was also clear last week that Hitler was on a number of different drugs. Here, here's a weird fact about Hitler. He had the first ever uh, successful anti-smoking campaign uh, back in the 30s or back in, during his reign. He didn't drink, he didn't smoke, uh, and he was actually a vegetarian. Uh, he had did a number of things against animal cruelty. He was very much against animal cruelty. Terrified of cats. <laughs> suffered from chronic flatulence. Mm. Right? And a micro penis. And a micro penis. Loved candy. Loved the sweets. But hated the dentist. That was also a fact. Oh. Bad oral hygiene. So here's a man with bad oral hygiene. Right? A silly mustache, <laughs> chronic flatulence, a micro penis that he has to use to sit down to pee, right? <laughs> One testicle, right? This is Hitler. This is who. This is. Uh, <laughs> this is Hitler. This is what he was, and he can still. He still considered himself to be uh, uh, like a sex symbol to the women. Wow. Right. And of all of his past loves, uh, each one. Uh, committed suicide, hmm. as it turns out. Oh. That's another interesting fact about Hitler. Included one of his past loves being his niece. His uh, he had a niece who he was very enamored with and wouldn't let anyone wouldn't let go out or do anything with. And uh, there were reports, though this is kind of gossipy, that. Uh, <laughs> but I don't care if Hitler got away with it. If Hitler got away with World War II and got away to um, Argentina and lived a, a died of old age, then people need to know. That he had a micro penis, <laughs> one testicle, bad breath, a silly mustache, and he fucked his niece, mm-hmm. right? And made her kill him, herself at the age of like 21 or something like that. Another one that died. Ava Braun also uh, yeah. his, uh, reportedly killed himself in the bunker. The skull, the uh, skull uh, remnants that was burnt in the bunker um, where Hitler killed himself uh, was tested in, I think, uh, 2009. And it was proven to be that of a of a woman in her thirties, and it wasn't considered to be Eva Braun because she poisoned herself rather than shot herself. Mm. And Hitler shot his dog too in the hole. The dog they liked the most, <laughs> which I think is really weird. Sucks to be Hitler's favorite. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it was awful. I watched a thing on the on uh, on like the History Channel, and they were showing the end of the war, and like a lot of the Hitler's higher ups killed themselves and their whole families, like little kids and stuff, like dressed them up in their Sunday best, and they're all lying there, uh, commit, you know, killed. You know, it's just awful. But it well, it well deserved, I suppose. Yeah, Hitler never went to a concentration camp. Did you know that? Hmm. Oh, really? Never been. Never was there. Never got a chance to make it. No, he wanted to distance himself from it, of course, because it would make him uh, see the reality of his horrible decisions. He was a real psycho. We learned out last week that he actually um, he did a lot of cocaine, right? That's what it is three. Make up your mind. So apparently all this cocaine use, and actually there was another drug, and I wish I had this written down, but I don't, but there was another drug that was on his list of prescriptions that basically essentially is the main components of crystal meth that was on his, he had a number of prescription drugs. He was treated for his flatulence. He gave himself, he gave himself uh, regular enemas. This is all, this is all stuff I'm not even making up. He gave himself regular enemas in order to help cure himself. He, uh, he took uh, this crystal meth, cocaine and other sorts of amphetamines and he was uh said to be a chronic insomniac imagine imagine that 
That's why if they only invented heroin at the time, it would be something to put him down. Or Elvis is down or something. He needed ludes or something to get him down. Anyways, he was the same thing. Horrible drug addict. Insomniac. On the D-Day invasion, you know the invasion of Normandy and mm-hmm. D-Day? Hitler was uh, sleeping through the invasion. <laughs> and he slept. He used to sleep till 11 or 12 every day. He liked to sleep in because he'd be up on a Coke bender till probably like <laughs> 6 in the morning. Six in the morning. And then he'd go to bed and then no one dare wake him up because if you ever try to wake up a guy who's been up for three days and is having his little coke nap and then uh, <laughs> you want to wake him up like half hour into it and he's Hitler with a micro penis and one testicle <laughs> bad brat room just smells like farts <laughs> <laughs> he's angry apparently no one dared wake Hitler so they just didn't wake him till after t- he woke up on his own and then they told him hey uh, we're getting our asses kicked on the yeah. beaches here bad news boss yeah Anyways, uh, what else can I say about Hitler? He was a real jerk. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Uh, that's a, a. I can never grow tired of the man. The more you dig into this guy, the more you realize that he is absolutely out of his head. How he ever convinced anyone? Oh, I got a great ending fact for him. Mm. Apparently, according to his inner circle after the war, a lot of them talked about. Some have uh, said that Hitler's uh, sexual practices were were not of the normal variety. Mm. Apparently, he liked being urinated on and defecated on. He also enjoyed being kicked. He was uh, more into being humiliated, eh? Which is actually the case with a lot of people in power. A lot of the people that are most common to go to dominatrixes and stuff are like high-powered, like executives and stuff like that. They like to go have some uh, girl in leather, you know, whip them and and, uh, boss them around and stuff. It's fucked, eh? It's weird. Crazy. Fuel, Fuel for the fire. Yeah. What? It's like fuel for his fire. Like he needs to go get humiliated so that he can be real angry when he comes out of there and just start, yeah. a, start when you a just, world war. When why the heck don't you just look into your own pants, Hitler, <laughs> at your micro penis and your one testicle while you're sitting down, <laughs> being like a woman? I don't care how smelling manly your, your mustache your is. Farts. You're not even a psychologist. I don't know how you're putting this together. It's crazy. <laughs> I know. But it really does explain a lot about Hitler. I'm not forgiving him. No. But I do understand him a little bit better <laughs> after this show. <laughs> still anti-Hitler, Dave. Are you still anti-Hitler? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> all right, Steve? Yeah, 100%. And I hope all you are, too. And until next time, we will see you. And you can get a hold of me on Live from the Dutch Hall at Facebook.com. You can sponsor me on Twitter. Oh, this week's uh, Listener of the Week for helping Ooh. us out. Uh, Carl Helstead for... Uh, for uh, doing his marketing campaign to spread the word to all his friends, you are the Listener of the Week. You're the Listener of the Week. I forgot that. And until, uh, you can always reach out to me live on DutchAllGmail.com. You can like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, uh, Instagram, or you know what? Just uh, just look me up somehow. I can, I'll always be here for you. And you got to get on Snapchat. Snapchat and maybe Vine. Six seconds of Dave is about all you can take. (laughs) So let's go. uh, Let's go until next week. We will see you on T. See you next Thursday.